0: What's up, everybody? It's Coach Dave, and I lift... Coach Carol. I also lift...
1: Welcome to the She Lifts...
0: She Lifts podcast. And tonight, as I said before, we are talking about something that is going to be extremely personal. Um, Also, I think very uh, poignant and very uh, very different, I think, than the many things we've talked about in the last uh, 18 episodes of this this show. Um, And that is the direct correlation between your fitness and mental health. Um, and actually really probably throughout the entire month of November, um, we're going to be talking about some mental health and wellness and, and mindset things, um, before we get back into actual gym stuff, uh, towards the beginning of the year. But the reason this is so personal for both of us is that we both had, uh, albeit different, both had, um, extremely, uh, personal journeys with our mental health as it relates to our fitness. Um... And there's a lot of statistics about mental health in uh, in the U.S. in this country about mental health, and I think some of them, just to start off with the statistics from mental health itself, some of them you're going to find are actually fairly alarming.
1: Yeah. So this is where the research nerd in me comes out. Um, we did some digging, and I found some recent reports. They are talking about, especially the year 2020, which is a pretty pivotal year um, for uh, mental health for a lot of people. So. Stats that we have, 21% of the U.S. adults experienced a mental health condition in the year 2020. 56 of U.S. adults experienced a serious mental health condition in 2020, which is often de- defined as a psychotic disorder, bipolar disorder, or severe anxiety or eating disorder that significantly impairs function. So that to me was pretty striking. In 2020, 32.1% of U.S. adults experienced both a mental health condition And substance abuse. Yeah. So um, 2020 was not our friend. As of 2020, suicide is the second leading cause of death for U.S. children ages 10 to 14. Let that sink in. It is the second leading cause of death for U.S. children ages 10 to 14 preceded only by unintentional injury. In 2020, 51.2% of U.S. females received mental health services, while only 37.4% of males received mental health services.
0: That that So that to me, and again, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but that to me is a huge, huge number, a huge stat in, in and of itself, the mm-hmm. difference between men and women. And we'll get into that. And in, But the, but the, that's one thing I, I, I'm real big on it, it, with my clients is end the stigma, of, both for men and women, and especially yeah. men. Um, I feel like a lot of times if you say, I as a man, you say, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, I'm whatever, it's almost like, you know, our response as guys, for the most part to, our, to each other is like, dude, like, suck it up, come on. And you know, there, there's a time and a place for that. I'm not gonna not gonna sit here and say that because because we are guys and that's kind of how we show love is we hit each other. But at the same time, there there you have to recognize the the difference between oh I, I'm I'm sad because such and such happened or I'm really going through some shit and I I need some help I, right, right now. Right, I need help.
1: Yeah, there's a difference between yeah a a big difference. Um, so we can talk some more about that. Um. <coughs> Young adults age 18 to 25 in the United States have the highest rate of experiencing any mental health concerns, 30.6%. So 30.6% of 18 to 25-year-olds in the U.S. compared to adults age 26 to 49 and the highest rate of serious mental illness um, coming in at like 9.7%. And
0: when when we talk about serious mental illness, we're talking about, just, just so we're clear, we're talking about things like not just depression or anxiety we're Mm -hmm. talking about uh bipolar disorder schizophrenic borderline uh, personality disorders those types of things right
1: right but still just a huge percent that 30.6 um of our young adults that to me is is kind of scary um, females are diagnosed with serious mental health conditions at higher rates than males, seven percent and four point two percent, respectively. Now, are they diagnosed because we have more mental illness, or because men maybe don't go to the doctor and report, which would reflect that other statistic about getting help? So, right. I I would question that percentage.
0: I mean, the jokester me wants to say it's probably it could be both. It, go but, ahead. But go in, right in, in all in all honest in all honesty, you're probably you're probably right is it's again like i just said men we still have this this and guys part of it's genetic like you can't you can't undo genetics you can't undo nature so our our nature as men as as males is to be man, male you know we want to be the alpha male all right. of us do and 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 sometimes it's hard to admit that we need help
1: right Maybe because they, you know, again, society just perceives that as weakness. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting fact, ladies, as I always address our ladies, especially our menopausal ladies, anxiety and depression significantly increases um, as a woman begins to go through perimenopause and menopause. The risk of major depression is two to five times higher during that transition. Four times higher during the actual menopause period. That's crazy to me, that's crazy. Like, you know, it's bad enough, and then you know, your rate of anxiety and depression goes up um, even more during that time. Um US in the US, the percentage of US adults receiving mental health treatment rose from 19.2% in 2019 to 21.6% in 2021. And then worldwide, and we're not going to get into any kind of debates on anything. This is just a statement and a fact. During the pandemic, the number of anxiety and depressive disorders grew. And obviously for many reasons. Depressive symptoms grew from a base of about 193 million people worldwide to 246 million, which is about 28%. Anxiety disorders grew from 298 million people affected to 374 million, which is about a 25% increase.
0: And if we take into all those stats in and of themselves, we, we, we say, and, and guys, it's easy even in 2023, almost 2024, to, to blame a lot of things on on a global pandemic. But I, I think one of the the, the the things that gets un- Doesn't get talked about enough. Um, I mean, it gets talked about, but definitely not enough. Is the fact that most people's most people's primary form of exercise is to get to the gym, right? Okay. And and we can debate sit here and debate on whether you know, a you can work out from home, we're working out in the gym, right? And again, different people are going to have different opinions on that. But I think one of the things that that more people definitely do exercise in the gym, and when the gym is shut down, it's easy for those numbers to go up. And I think some of that we haven't even scratched the surface of some of the more long term because without and again, I I'm not going to sit here and say the gym is the cure for everything. Mm. I, and I know a lot of people people accuse me specifically, but the fitness industry in general is that we say oh. Working out and eating right. That, that's the key. That's the key to everything. No, no, it's not the key to everything, but it is the key to some things. And one of those thing, reasons is because when we exercise, there are hormones released. And we've talked about that. The, the, when we talk a lot about the testosterone and the estrogen and, and, and uh, stress hormone. Why is it escaping? Cortisol. Cortisol. Because you're stressed? Uh, right. Uh, I couldn't, I just, I, for some reason that name is but we don't, what we don't talk about enough is the fact that that the endorphins and the serotonin, the quote unquote happy hormones, are released when you exercise. You hear about people talking about a runner's high, or maybe you've done this yourself for those of you who are beginners or even intermediates. You've gone to the gym and you're like, I really don't feel like being here today, but I'm gonna power through it. And by the time you walk out, you feel 10 times better than when you walked in. Right? Being fit in general, even if you're not actively exercising at that minute, can also improve your mood on a on an overall scale. Physical activity can distract you from negative thoughts. So if you're stressing out about how am I gonna get all this stuff done? How am I uh, gonna pay my bills this month? Anything that is stressing you out, you get into the gym. When those endorphins and the serotonin goes up, the cortisol automatically goes down. Now, some of it does depend on your out, and we're not gonna get into that today, but the, the other thing that that we can see when we exercise is because the rest of your body of your cardiovascular your cardiovascular health, your heart health, your gut health, all those other things sort of improve. That means you're getting more oxygen to your brain. So your brain chemistry now is improving too. Again, if you do have some sort of mild depressive or anxiety disorder, that can be balanced out because now your your brain is your brain is functioning at a more Optimal level. Psycholog- psycholog- psychologically, exercise can improve your self-esteem, which we know that, and your mm-hmm. self-efficacy th- as by setting small goals. Things like running, walking, um, they can sort of challenge you to do something that you thought you couldn't do. And as you get further down, further along in it, you push yourself, suddenly you're accomplishing things that you didn't think you could accomplish. The other thing, and this is something we've mentioned on this show, and I don't even think I talk about this enough, but it is true. And I, whenever I do, I'm like, God, I should really talk about this more. Is a sense of community that is in the fitness community. 100. Mm-hmm, um, you go to a gym, and this is the one thing I've I've always hated about certain gyms' ads when they talk about intimidation in the gym. I'm not going to name any names. No, <laughs> don't do name. Okay, but the uh. But when you talk about people intimidating or people judging you in the gym, that is a very, 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 very small fraction, and it's probably no no from a, a percentage standpoint, no part, no bigger or smaller than the people that would judge you in their, your everyday life. Yeah, probably smaller, but I'm going to say it, on a percentage wise, the same. When you walk into the gym, everyone is there for a reason. Everyone knows they are there for a reason, and everyone knows that when they walked in for the first time whether their goal was to get bigger or to get smaller or to get stronger or to get leaner, they all started somewhere near where you started. The sense of community that you can build with your gym friends is, is definitely an underrated thing because a lot of times in our life, we feel like we have, we compartmentalize our friends. We have our, our school friends, Mm -hmm. we have our work friends, we have our gym friends, You know, whatever, maybe other you have another activities. I used to have. I used to call my pool friends when I used to um, shoot pool in a pool league. Okay. And and sometimes we get too caught up in that, but the people in the gym are definitely there because they're chasing goals just like you are. Right. And I think that is one of those things that we definitely need to get into um, and, and figure out a way to go. Strength training in and of itself has been known to relieve the symptoms of depression and anxiety in uh, countless studies. um, There's other ones that have shown that it can improve mental health. Like I said, mild to moderate depressive and anxiety symptoms can be relieved, according to studies, with just exercise. Mm More severe disorders like we talked about earlier, schizophrenia and those things, medicine obviously is going to come into a play sure. at some point. But they they definitely the exercise is it plays a key in, for ingredient for depression in and
1: anxiety. For de- no, I'm saying even mm-hmm.
0: for the even for the more severe disorders. Yeah, the, I mean, the, as obviously, an adjunct, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, absolutely. Sure, as an adjunct. And I think when it comes to strength training, and I think this is where Carol's journey starts. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let her speak on this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to strength training and, and and the things that go along with that, you can you, you the benefits I can't even list them all in today's show, so I want to let Carol talk about this.
1: Right. So my own journey, um, you know, goes back, gosh, a few years. You know, fourteen years. I was never athletic, never like a sports person, anything like that. Um, I joined the gym when I turned 40 for health concerns. I had, you know, high cholesterol and, you know, my doctor was you know, going to medicate, blah, blah, blah. Right. So I joined the gym, didn't want to come in, very intimidated, you know, the whole nine yards. But I came in, worked with a trainer short term, got my feet on the ground and decided that, you know, lifting weights was the way to go. So flash kind of forward a few years. Um, I really had the bug for lifting like I found that I just that was my my time like as a mom and a wife and my kids were getting older and didn't need me that became like I used to think it was selfish but it's really not It that became my time and when I would come in I felt better right I felt better about myself I felt better about um, the way that I looked, the way that my clothes fit my my body felt better Um, and then in uh, 2017 it kind of I was at the height of my training at the height of my fitness I mean um, things were really 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 good and it came to a screeching halt when I was diagnosed with the uh, autoimmune disease that I have so the issue that I had with that is um, you know, I went from strength training and being able to do a lot of things and lift heavy and I felt really good. And that was my my time to really just get in the gym and focus. Like when you're lifting weights, it's almost meditative to me. Like if I'm not working out with somebody else, it's, it's a, it is a focus. I can only think of one thing. I can only think of what my body is doing, how I'm lifting that weight. How am I pulling that weight? How am I pushing that weight? And it's that mind-body connection that becomes really strong. When I was diagnosed with, um, I have rheumatoid arthritis, and as I started to research, like I do everything, Mm -hmm. it it was really a lot. I mean, when you find out that you have, and I hate the word, like I hate sick, I hate the word disease, I try not to label myself, but let's face it, it's an autoimmune disease. It is incurable. Um, Statistically speaking, within five years, like 70% of the people that get it, Mm -hmm. or get diagnosed, Around disability right and I'm like what do you what, what do you mean like I was 47 years old and I'm thinking this is ridiculous right so it became even more important when people said well you're gonna have to stop lifting and you're gonna have to probably just do yoga which I'm if you love yoga good good on you I'm not a fan I don't really, it's kind of like cardio. I don't, I don't like yoga either, I right? I actually
0: like the yoga better and I do like cardio.
1: Okay, well, there you go. But like, you know, and we're all different, but like people are like, you're gonna have to swim. You're gonna have to give up lifting. And I'm like, well, hold up. Like, that's my solace. You know, lifting is where I feel my best. And it was, depression was a real thing. I mean, that was, um, it was tough. It's tough to face yourself and go, okay, you're now like I've had experiences in my life, and this was one of those pivotal moments where your normal's getting changed because mm-hmm. you can't go back. Like, there's no undo button. There's no, and I chased that for a while. I'm like, well, certainly if it got activated by this, if I stop doing this, I can make myself better, right? Right. You can't. So. Understanding that what you have and then getting your head wrapped around it are two different things. And it was depressing as hell. I'm not going to lie. There were some really dark times. And again, though, it became even more important to get in here and get at it.
0: Right. And um, did you feel better when you, when, in the days that you got in here, when you were stressed out by it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I even quit my, I had a marketing job. I quit my job. I went and ran a gym for (laughs) two years. Like, I mean, I was just hell bent. I became a trainer. I became certified as a trainer after being diagnosed because I wanted to be able to help people that have chronic illness to say, like, your illness doesn't have to define who you are. Do I have it? Yes. Does it affect me? Yes. Does it affect my mental health? It still does. Um, I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are days I come in here and I kind of like mourn the old me that used to be able to bench a lot more. And the me now is like, okay, well, you're going to bench, but you're not going to be able to bench what you did before. Right, Uh, And that's okay. You know, you have to realize that it's okay. So I do feel better. Um, a hundred percent better anytime that I lift weights.
0: I, I, I do too. Um, right, right up to the point of, I think. That, like, like I said, I, there, there are, there are days because I, I've talked about this because of the of what I do and how my day works. Right. That a lot of times I'm, I'm working out at one or two in the afternoon. So if I and and a lot of times my day starts at five thirty in the morning. So if I go from five thirty and around let's say one o'clock and start start my lift, and there are days where I've had meetings, I've had clients, 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 or, or. Not you know sometimes you know I don't want to do this I don't want to do that this isn't working, uh I, you know your boss is saying well we gotta get we gotta get these people in and we gotta do this that and the other thing, and I'm like oh I just want to go home and take a nap or I just you know I tend to stress it used to tend to stress eat and I'm like God I just want to you know Big Mac or Whopper or something and I go and I lift weights I'm like all right ready to take on the rest of the day so lifting weights can be um a good thing i think and again you know laura uh sorry laura um carol talked about yoga and and tai chi and while those aren't everybody's cup of tea i like yoga uh not for the meditative part of it but i like it for the stretching part of it because okay. because that's I like uh, having that sort of guided stretch.
1: But they are good things. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. And, for, like, and I'm if not, you enjoy that,
0: 100%, I mean... I can't say it's my favorite thing, but it's definitely, for me, it's the stretching. But even, that's what got me to it in the first place. Right. Um, um, with wrestling and jujitsu, jitsu where you tend to contort yourself around a, a good bit. Um, that's what got me into it, to help my, my flexibility, my mobility. But then I also found that there's sort of this, while you're doing yoga you have the music in the sort of the soft, quiet, yeah. monotone music, it's and it's calming. And there's, and the, so the one, so the one thing, and I love this about yoga, if you've ever done a guided yoga class mm-hmm. versus a guided strength training class, mm-hmm. where the strength training instructor, you know, might including yours truly is going, let's go harder harder faster faster and the, and the and the and the yoga instructor is like all right go ahead and give it a little stretch but once it starts to hurt go ahead and just relax stop right there and once you feel it, it it's so much a different mentality and and as someone who's very into that strength coach I, I laugh with it sometimes mm-hmm. but i think a lot of times and and you have the you know the the statistics on this talk about the the yoga and the mindfulness and that kind of stuff how that can help reduce your stress and so
1: stuff. yoga i mean there's some studies out there again i always go to studies first and if you ever want all the links believe me i have them um yoga like it can ease symptoms of depression especially when combined with usual treatments so we're talking about another adjunct therapy is it is it a cure all in itself? No. Is it going to help with some mm-hmm. of the other treatments that you're going um, to get, like cognitive behavioral therapy? You know, there's studies out there that show that those two things together get greater results. Tai Chi, you know, that's another Eastern tradition, um, you know, specifically it's like karate yoga. That it's not karate yoga, but <laughs> yes. it's like that slow gentle practice um you know relieving symptoms of depression according to some you know studies and research um you know another thing we talked about it the other week um with cardio just plain walking Mm -hmm. like because most anyone can just walk and better yet get outside and do it like we, we we talked about that last week get outside go, if you have kids, go throw, you know, go throw a ball with your kids. If you have a dog, take your dog out, let your dog run, run with your dog, take a hike, work in the yard, go rake leaves. You know, sunlight has been shown to facilitate increases in serotonin and your end mood supporting brain chemicals. Like that's what it does. And especially now that we're coming into these winter months, which Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm not a winter girl. Mm -mm. It's you know, seasonal affective disorder. It's a real thing. So what the best thing you can do, bundle up and get outside, let that sun hit your face, even if it's cold, give it like 10 minutes or so outside. Um, you right. know, there's natural, natural ways to combat some of the ways that we feel.
0: And, and combating the way that you feel without having to turn to medications or drugs and alcohol and guys, I, I've talked before on this show um, that I do enjoy alcohol from time to time. Um, so I'm not I'm not saying that, but I have learned over the years um, through my own struggles is that I tend to drink more as a celebration or as a social situation than I do. I have definitely laid off the drinking because I'm upset. Um, and I actually find that getting back to the gym uh, is, is a better... For my overall, then, then overall mental health and and clarity, than having a drink, even if it's just one drink. Like like sometimes I, I feel like the, the definitely go on for a walk. Like you said, getting outside and getting outside, I think is one of those things that is is definitely underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the depression going back to the to the, the strength training and what 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 I've talked on this show before. Um, so I want to thank you, first of all, for sharing your, with us. Um, but now I'm going to share mine. So I've talked in this show before about how I have lost, uh, almost a hundred pounds myself. Um, well, the parts, and I've alluded to some things here and there, but I've never really talked about it. And, and I think this I, was the show that I was kind of waiting for it to, to, to talk to it. The day that this this show goes live on on, on our various outlets on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, and share, by the way, um, will be November 5th, November 5th, 2023. Four years earlier, November 5th, 2019, I attempted to end my own life. Now, there's a lot of things that went into that that I'm not going to discuss on this show because they are not necessarily fitness related, but fitness was definitely part of it. From the time I began my fitness journey in 2011 until 2019, I had managed to stay right around 190 pounds. I had gone from 270 to 195 almost strictly on nutrition, and and I'm pretty sure I've mentioned that before. I started with the South Beach diet and then did some other things. Um, once the once that I did very little exercise. In 2016, I had found my way back to the gym. I'd been athletic most of my life. I had played uh, ice hockey in high school. I played lacrosse. Um, and if anything, who doesn't know anything about lacrosse uh, in Maryland is a very big uh, thing, especially in private school that I went to. Um, so after. When I went to college, I stopped playing sports. I wasn't quite athletic enough to continue into college. Um, Then after after I dropped out of college, I got involved with martial arts, uh, mixed martial arts, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, MMA. And I I lost some weight because I had gained a little bit of weight, but not a lot. Uh, Not that it was really affecting me in any way. Um, But when I got done with that, first of all, when I was doing that, I was so dialed in that my life was almost boring, and it's like almost everything revolved around, around my 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 body, my fitness level, my conditioning, and everything. Mm-hmm. I binge ate. I knew I know that because I would have one half a day where I would eat whatever I wanted, and I try to pack as much as I could into those days. Um, I would deprive myself of. I would never be like, oh, someone's making cookies at Christmas time. Oh, let me try one of your cookies. You know, I no, I'm, I can't have a cookie. I might have. I'm gonna have a fight coming up in in two months. When I stopped, I gained so much weight because I went and I ate all the things and did all the things that I was depriving myself of. So that was number one of not having a healthy relationship with my fitness. The next part of it becomes: after I lost the weight, I still never felt quite myself. I got back to the gym in about 2016 and I was starting to feel feel good and I and I was feeling good about myself and as I started to research more and more about fitness and how I could improve my lifts and how I could improve my muscle tone and, cal- and nutrition and started like that, I was still selling cars at the time. My wife and I split up in May of 2019 Again, there's some other things that went on with that that I'm not gonna talk about on this show. But when I, we split up, I stopped going to the gym and I really didn't gain weight. So this is not about a, a weight loss story, but th- what i lost was that clarity that th- those three hours a week at the time, it was three hours a week, let's say three and a half, or actually it was hour and a half, three times a week that I lost, That I, that I that was my time. Like you said, it was my, therapy time yeah. was my time to clear my head. That's all I had to focus on was doing my lift right. When I lost that, I, my, my mental health really went downhill. Now there were some, again, there were some outside factors. Once I got out of the hospital and, and dealt with some, some other issues that I had going on um, from in life, I started to get back to, to walking and doing things, I, I started to go back to the gym, but then the gyms got shut down. During COVID, I was very much, during the the, the, the period where we were uh, quarantined, I was very much back to the way I was in early 2019. And when the, the, the gyms reopened, the first thing I wanted to do was go to the gym. Guys, I'm not saying the gym is the cure for everything. I'm not saying that all of my issues were, were because of my lack of exercise because they were certainly not. But what I am saying is when I have those issues, when those issues rear their ugly head, when I feel like the world is against me, when I feel like I want to binge eat or I'm gonna, and I go and I lift some weights, it changes my mental focus, my mental clarity, and brings me back to a point where I know that I, I can make a change in myself. Because I look at myself and look at the changes I've made. If I can do that, what else can I do? If I can go from not being able to walk across my showroom floor because I was so fat without turning red, what else can I do? If I can go from my back hurting just from laying down to being able to deadlift 350 pounds, What else can I do? When you change yourself, when you take care of your health and start making a change, and I'm not saying you have to lose 100 pounds, I'm not talking about anybody's weight, I'm not talking about anybody's body composition, I'm not saying you have to be jacked and shredded like a bodybuilder, because we're not here to be bodybuilders or athletes, because I can never go another show without mentioning that. Um, You start to realize what, you start to think, what else can I do? I have said this on this show before. When you change your body with fitness, when you change your fitness, people start looking at you different. And I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but it is the world we live in. I know people who have lost weight and, and and changed their physique. Suddenly they're getting promoted. They're finding new relationships. They're finding, they're leaving their old relationships because their old relationships were toxic. Depression comes from a lot, it is partly is in the large part, chemical, uh, chemically induced in your brain. The, and it is also due to some outside factors. When you change the chemical composition in your brain because you've improved your cardiovascular health and your the health of your body, it affects the things that are going on out, the stresses that are going outside on outside of your body and makes it easier for you to help to take care of yourself carol you just said something that that stood out to me and i want to address it you said you felt like it was selfish
1: oh yeah initially i did um and you know uh being raised by a very traditional um old school family my mother sacrificed like everything for her family so that was never a thing you know back in the day i mean my mom's mm-hmm. 88 years old working out going to the gym that wasn't a thing um And, you know, she would say, well, you know, you're spending an awful lot of time. And I'm like, let me tell you, like, I feel better. You know what I mean? I feel better when I'm there. And I definitely noticed a difference when I didn't, like, if I got sick and I couldn't get into the gym, there's a huge difference in my mental state when I can and cannot work out.
0: The best thing you can do for the people that you love, for the people around you, for your family, your children, parents that may depend on you is take care of yourself. Right. That is the best way to take care of everybody else. Not only are you going to be in a better frame of mind to take care of themselves, but going back to your children. Carol has children, I have children. Mm-hmm. I hope that one day they look at look at me or look at Carol and I'm sure again, I'm going to bring her up again. I'm going to show Laura hopes that her son who who jumps on her back right now while she's doing push-ups or squatting grows up to to enjoy the gym the way she does, the way I do, the way Carol does. Right
1: to take care of your body. I mean, and just to touch on like one thing and I kind of joke, it's not funny, but like I make a joke about it. Like I will tell my kids, look, I'm going to the gym and working out so that when I get older, I, you know, hopefully I won't have dementia. I won't have Alzheimer's. I mean, there are studies out there that show there's approximately a 20 to 30% lower risk of depression and dementia for adults that participate in daily activity. So it's not selfish. It's actually a selfless act to take care of your body for the people that love you so that down the road, you know, they're not dealing with, you know, that That's a, it's a horrible thing to deal with when you know that, you know, someone's uh, mental state is slipping. And especially if you can prevent it.
0: Exactly. If you can prevent it, and not. And again, do you want to be the person that I? I know when I grow up, I don't want my kids to have to take care of me. Yeah. So I'm taking care of myself now. Yep. I'm not saying you have to go so far down the rabbit hole that you change careers in your 40s like I did. Or like I did. Or like Carol did.
1: Yeah, that was weird.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, it's weird.
0: Yeah. Um. Especially in this business, because again, when you're 40, when you start out, like everybody else around you was is like in their 20s and they look at you. I was
1: 48 when I became a trainer.
0: Oh, you were 48? Yeah. Oh, I was 48. 40. Oh, 40. I got no, you. No, I'm by sorry, a few 42, years. yeah. Yeah, we,
1: we had Ooh, this yeah conversation. that's not,
0: like, not, yeah, 48. and everybody else around you is in their 20s. That, that's definitely a weird. And I went to
1: run a gym. I don't feel my age. Oh, see, you
0: were running a gym. I was actually, like, when my first job was actually training people. Mm-hmm. So that was.
1: Yep. I went yep. in and ran the gym and loved every minute of it. And then COVID,
0: guys. The, the 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 thing is, take care of yourself. and 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 again, before you you seek help in a bottle, or a or a bottle of pills, or a bottle of booze. First of all, talk talk to a professional. Secondly, get your ass to the gym. How much is enough? How enough much is enough?
1: How much exercise? How much?
0: My so they say thirty minutes a day. I, I
1: three to five days a week. That's nothing. Think so, about it.
0: So, so for for general health reason, yes, I would say three to five days a week, thirty minutes a day. If you're trying to actually change something about yourself, I have said before, my personal goal is one hour. If my client's I'm not talking one,
1: physical though, okay. If you're yep, talking just mental, yep, then yeah, then
0: I'm going to say thirty minutes to
1: improve depression and anxiety. And yeah, if you're depressed, it sucks, and you don't want to. What we're saying is, if you can just Try And if you can just get yourself out, you know, 10, 15 minutes a day, if you can't do 30, it's going to help. And then I think just to wrap it up, like if you're exercising regularly, but your symptoms are going to like, they're still interfering with your daily life. Mm-hmm. That's when it's time. Go to the doctor, seek help. Nobody wants to assume that you're just being, like you said, you know, you're a guy going, I'm, you know, man, I really feel bad. I feel real. No, like some people don't give the warning. Um, and having had an experience in my family's, uh, you know, life in the last five years where there were maybe signs and symptoms, but, um, dealing with suicide, it's, it's earth shattering. Okay. And so all I'm saying, all we're saying is, you know, exercise and physical activity, they're great ways to ease your symptoms. But if you're not getting the help, if you're not getting that feeling that things are getting better, you know, there's things to do. If you or someone you you know, um, we're going to put this down in the comments. If anyone, you know, yourself, anyone experienced a mental health crisis, they've made it really easy. You can text the number 988 on your phone. You can text or call it. Um, that is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline, and it's number 988. Um, there's also uh, 1-800-662-HELP to access substance abuse and mental health services
0: 24-7. Guys, get the help if you need it. If you think you may need it, definitely do you need it. If, if you wanna improve it and head it off at the pass, get to the gym, we'll pick up something heavy. And and take care of yourself now, so later on down the road, your your cognitive your co- not your cognitive ability is just as good as your physical ability later on in life. So that's all we have for this week. Like I said, is this was not our uh, as light a topic as we as we've had on this show. Next week we are going to get back into having a little bit more fun as we are going to take a look at, at another mindset that is, has come sort of out. And I'm gonna say this one's really recently. Um, and that are two sort of conflicting mindsets. One is we call them diet culture versus anti-diet, anti-diet culture. culture. Um, if, if anyone has ever either tried to give you shit about your fitness journey, or give you shit about not being on a fitness journey, guys, tune in next week when we talk about Diaculter and anti culture, it is and how it's going to affect you. So, until next week, I am Coach Dave with Coach Carol. Join us next week.